Welcome to episode 16 of the Bench Press Podcast. As always, we got the founding fathers in the stew. We have myself, Bennett Snyder. We've got Wesley Statman Minky to my right. How we doing? We've got our historian. I almost messed it up there. Cameron Robertson Crob. Hey there. And we've got producer Tim, and it's Timmy's birthday. Woo! Yeah, let's clap it up for Tim. What up, boys? Happy birthday, Happy birthday to Tim. Tim. Hey, don't forget to shout out John. Oh, and John Con John. Thank you. Clap it up for John Con John too. Woo! Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Con John Con. Conway Brothers. Con John Con Con. As always, Con. every single podcast in the Bench Press Media family is presented by Max's Meals. Great charity, great people, great cause. Crob. What are you doing? If you haven't checked it out already, we say it two times a week, every week. You have got to check it out. Listen, before we get going into anything, I'm just going to start by saying I hated this week. Me too. I didn't really have a problem with it, personally. I absolutely hated this week. You know why? Uh, my bank account is hurting. Oh, wrong button. Wrong button. There it is. Completely hypothetically. Completely hypothetically, my bank account is hurting. Completely hypothetically, one half of this table, fine weekend. Nothing out of the ordinary. Actually, decently, decently good weekend. Other half, down in the dumps. Not hypothetical at all. My two favorite teams lose. We'll get into that. A ton of injuries around the NFL. It's really a weekend in the dumps. Weekend in the dumps. But let's start with college football, Wes. Your Ohio State Buckeyes won, but wasn't as convincing as you thought it would it would be. It was not, but Ohio State controlled the game for most of the game. I wasn't ever really worried about how it would turn out. Um, I don't love that it was only a nine-point game, but, I mean, Ohio State won. They won comfortably. It was the first time that the fans got to rush the field for quite some time, which is funny because they were favored by 18 points at home, but... Hey, rush the field when you want to rush the field. Pissed off Penn State made me happy. Talk about not controlling the game. You know who did not control the game? The Cincinnati Bearcats, Tim. Yeah. The two-lane green wave gave them a run for their money in this one. I mean, honestly, you see back-to-back weeks have had weeks that as a non-Power 5 team, you cannot possibly have people in the media outside of AP poll voters Big ESPN names, Kirk Herbstreet, uh, David Pollock, Reese Davis, they're kind of hating on the Bearcats, saying that they're not worthy of being in consideration for the top four, and they're just giving them more ammo by doing what they've done the last two weeks. Ritter didn't look great again. No, he did not. It really brings into the question if they can really compete with a team like Ohio State or Alabama or Georgia. And this is all I'm going to say. They may not like the Cincinnati Bearcats, but they're going to be in Clifton next weekend, that's for sure. (laughs) They will be in Clifton. College game day is headed to Cincinnati, (laughs) and I'm happy for Clifton. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when the first set of uh, college football playoff rankings come out uh, tonight. See where UC lies. I think they're going to firmly be in the top four, but it's going to be interesting because... You know, there's a lot of other teams that got wins this weekend that are also looking to move up. Michigan State's one of them, Wes. Kenneth Walker, your guy, goes off yeah, in this man. one. Actually, I, and, privately. Okay, let's be honest here. I said he was not going to have a good game, but like I said all year, I think he's really good. He was not supposed to have a good game against a good Michigan front seven, but he looked really good at five touchdowns, 197 yards. He looks really good, and Michigan controlled the game because of him, which if they can run the ball and – Michigan State controlled or, yeah, the game. Yeah, Michigan State, my bad. If Michigan State can run the ball like that and also control a team on defense, could be a real threat to a lot of big teams. Krob, coming over to you. The Pokes look pretty good this weekend. Hey, you know, when you play a team like Kansas, you get a chance to get right. And um, safe to say that's what the Pokes did this week. They're not out of it, my friends. They're not. You're still riding with the Pokes. You know a team that you used to ride with was the Iowa Hawkeyes. Dead. Wheels fall. Wheels fell off big time. They are off, <laughs> and they are maybe 10 feet into the ground. And that game didn't even hit the over. The Wisconsin Badgers dominated. Oh, absolutely. And there was a point in the second quarter where Iowa had more turnovers than they did total yards. Yep, 2-0. to zero. That is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Offensive showcase in this game, to be honest with you. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, Graham Mertz was the better quarterback, and he was 11. 104 yards. Yeah. 
Eleven of twenty-two, hundred four yards and a touchdown. That's pretty. <laughs> that is pretty terrible. Bennett Snyder's a better quarterback than Graham Mertz. We're gonna see Thursday night in flag football. We are. I'm gonna take a bit of a victory lap here. I went with our favorite name team. I took the Auburn yeah. Tigers. The Auburn Tigers win, and let me tell you, Matt Corral not a great game statistically. I know he was out of it a little with an ankle injury. It's looking like he's gonna be okay. But regardless, big win for Bo Nix. In the Auburn Tank Tigers. Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. You know, shout out to someone who's putting up Heisman numbers. Let's look at these Wake Forest Demon Deacons, my friend. Sam Hartman That's true. is slinging the rock. You know, Wes, you said he might not be a first-round pick, but I mean... He's proven me wrong right now. I don't know if there's many other quarterbacks I would take over Sam Hartman right now. And he's even coming out to the media saying this is not the old Wake Forest team. They are clearly the best team in that ACC and nah. it's going to make it They're damn. finally top 10, too, in the AP poll. Tim? And not only is he slinging the rock around, he's an attractive young man. I feel like that just <laughs> needs to be said. He is. Oh, so you're implying he's slinging something else around. <laughs> wow. I, w- I wasn't, but apparently uh, you are. Well, I mean, look at it. Wake Forest has four games left on their schedule this year. UNC stinks. I mean, remember when people thought they were going to be good? They're four, they're four and four. NC State, eh, they're not bad, but they're not great. Uh, Clemson, let's be real, frauds. And then Boston College, sneaky good team, but no, have struggled. they've dropped four straight. Four in a row after starting four. They are not sneaky good. They are bad. But another ACC team, not on Wake Forest's schedule the rest of the year, it's the Pittsburgh Panthers. And Kenny Pickett is slinging the football around. Didn't matter this weekend, though. They dropped to the Miami Hurricanes. And the last team, the last undefeated team, other than the Bearcats, in the AAC, the SMU, whatever they are, Cowboys Mustangs. maybe, Mustangs. Mustangs. They dropped to Houston. Houston moves to 7-1 and one as well. I don't know what's going to go on with this AAC. I'm happy. It is SMU against UC next weekend, correct? No, it is no. not. It's That is in three weeks is why I'm surprised that College Game Day decided to go to Clifton this week. Cincinnati-Houston, right? Is that this week? No, it is Cincinnati. It is it's against Cincinnati-Tulsa. Tulsa. Yeah, the line say. is 22 and a half. Interesting. Maybe there's another game that College Game Day is lining up in that week when uh, SMU plays. I mean, my plays. honest I would prediction. figure, so that's going to be week 12. It's going to be a pretty big week. I mean, when is Ohio State going to get some of these like oh, game days? Ohio State-Michigan State's yeah. that week. Yeah, okay, Ohio State's so lining up to get like in Columbus. maybe two out of the last three weeks. All right, so they will be staying in Ohio. Let's yeah. talk another team here. Crab, your Baylor Bears, man. They took down the Texas Longhorns. Bijan. Told you. You were right. Take a victory lap. You deserve Texas it. doesn't win close games, my friends. They lose every single one. Outscored 14-3 to in the fourth quarter. That is the difference in that one. We got to talk about the number one team in the country, Wes. The Georgia Bulldogs are yep. destroying every single team they play. Um, was I... I, we're going to have to look back on this, but was I perfectly correct on 34-7 as a prediction? I don't know. Let's just, for the sake of it, say yes, you were. I think Why I, not? I remember I, I did I'll exactly. I'll fact check that one. I did exactly say Florida was going to score seven points. I did say that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Georgia's <coughs> defense is unbelievable. I feel like um, that's a historian job to go back it, and it should be, I think. You'll be all over that, crowd. And let's be completely honest. It's always the defense that is winning these games. Yeah, the Big offense time. put up 27 points but through three quarters. But the thing is, like, I don't think Georgia's offense is like that scary. It's just that defense, I don't know if you can move the ball on them at all. That's what I just said. Yes, yeah. Stetson Bennett, not even a great game in this one. Nah. 10 of 19, 161 yards and a touchdown. Listen, that's going to be the downfall of this Georgia team if there ever is one because that offense is not terrifying. Their defense just gives them great field position all the time. And that's what wins them games. Let's stick in the SEC. I mentioned it already. My Kentucky Wildcats go down. Listen, I think Kentucky has a turnover margin of minus 12, which is one of the lowest in college football. And they're 6-2. and two. What was it on uh, Saturday? What was it? Uh, I know for a fact Will Levis was threw three picks. So I think it was probably 4-0 because um, Cavassier Smoke fumbled, fumbled in this yeah. one. So 4-0 in this one. And Mississippi State tried to run it up late, too. Yeah. And I was really not happy with that. I'm not sure what Mike Leach was doing. But regardless, Will Rogers was 36-39 for 344 yards and a touchdown. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Mississippi State deserved to win this one. We said going into it, I said Will Rogers, great quarterback. I didn't think he was having a great game against Kentucky, though, because, I mean, Kentucky defense is pretty good, and he walked all over it. He went off. Last game, college football, we're going to talk about Krob. For our very, very uh, dedicated listeners, they would know that we have a bet on if the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are going to make the college football playoff. <laughs> and our very, very dedicated listeners would agree with me when I say they're still 
is absolutely no chance that Notre Dame gets in this goddamn college football Are they top playoff. 10 yet? They are top 10. Oh. Listen, actually eighth now. They yeah. can be top 10 all they get want. Guess what? Ready, Wake Rob. Forest has a higher odds of getting in the playoff than Notre Dame does. They're 10. These AP rankings mean nothing. All right, let's Notre this Dame needs so much to happen to get in this playoff. They need UC to lose. They need Alabama probably to lose. They need Ohio State to lose. They need Michigan State to lose. They need um, Wake Forest to lose. Probably they probably need. They definitely need Oklahoma, Oklahoma to lose. They probably need Oklahoma State to lose. So you're let's put telling it this me way. there's a that's chance. like ten teams I just rattled off the you top of my head. You just said Michigan State and Ohio State. They have to play each other again, or at the end of this year. Yeah, so guess what? Happen. One of them's going to win. The other's going to lose. And okay, whichever so for one. For the sake of the argument, let's say Notre Dame wins out. They're at least going to get the seven, right? Because one of those teams no, in front of them Wake are Forest lose. is behind them, and if Wake Forest wins out, they will be miles ahead of Notre Dame. Listen, let's not spend too much time Notre on this. Dame has to have basically everyone in front of them lose to get in the playoff. I know I brought up a touchy subject because you've got that such beautiful hair, crop. I'm not trying to say it's going to happen. I'm just saying you might even get cuter with bleached hair. <laughs> so let's wrap up college football real quick. Anything else anyone wants to say about this? I mean, Caleb Williams looks phenomenal again. I actually loved the end of the first half of that Texas Tech-Oklahoma game because Texas Tech sprinted on the field to get a uh, field goal off right before half, and the only player not to run on the field was their kicker. So they snapped the football, and the holder held it, and the kicker was not on the field. Did anyone else see that? I did not. That was my favorite part of that game. Um, I will make a public declaration that I am out on the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. After this week, uh, another poor showing, I am officially not a fan anymore. I would love to see UK get him in a bowl game. I think it'd be fun to see. That would be fun to watch. Like I used to love Grace McCall, and I'm just out on him now. Not a fan. Crab, another team probably in front of Notre Dame in the playoff rankings is going to be Oregon if they win the Pac-12. Oh, forgot about them as well. Yep, that's another team that they have to have lose. Listen, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm Oregon's just saying, so shaky, man. I'm just saying there's a chance. They, they play, play really they bad. State, so. they, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like They play really bad, and then they play really good. It's like they, they have no consistency on that team. We're really arguing a lot today. Yeah, let's keep it going. I don't. Let's, <laughs> let's get some kumbaya going. How about that? Kumbaya. Let's get into the NFL. Before, Before you begin... I would like to announce the results of the Week 8 NFL selections. Oh, oh Week 8. These were do really we have? Bad. I do not currently have the picks for the Cardinals-Packers game. I cannot remember them off the top of my head. Packers I, for me and Bennett, I went Packers. Cardinals for you too. You yeah, I Cardinals. believe that was the case. I thought maybe you went Cardinals, but I wasn't sure if that's the case. Then I'll throw those in right now. Bennett, coming into tonight, 6-8. and eight. <sighs> that, ooh, This is a rough week for all yeah. of us. Wes, coming into tonight. Five and nine. That hurts. Yikes. Me coming into tonight, five and nine. We all picked Chiefs, Tim too. Conway coming into tonight, seven and seven. Let's clap Whoa. it up for Tim. Birthday boy. Oh, Tim's birthday big picks. Seahawks over the Jags. Steelers over the Browns. Uh, he hit Bills 4-0. He took the Titans with me. He took the Broncos, which everyone but me took. He also took the Eagles with Bennett. The only real good pick I had was the 49ers. The only real good pick, Wes Mickey. Eh, Wes Mickey had no good pick. <laughs> All right. Every pick, you had, every pick you had was at least Packers 50. Packers was a good win. Yeah, every, every, every pick you had was at least 50-50. Packers is not 50-50. They had no wide receivers. Well, you and we Bennett went, both took yeah, the Packers, 50, which yeah, makes it 50-50. Oh, uh, 4-0'd the Bengals. They lost. 4-0'd the Falcons. They lost. 4-0'd the Chargers. They lost. 4-0'd the Bucks. They lost. 3-1'd the Jags. 4-0'd the Bills, and they won. Uh, you guys 3-1 the Bears. They lost. Not great. Regardless, let's get into it. And we have the Chiefs tonight, all four of us, around the table. Let's get into it. Before we start recapping games, we've got to talk injuries. Tim, I'm going to go over to you. Derrick Henry. <coughs> Owie. It First and foremost. It hurts Owie. for every single fantasy owner of Derrick Henry. We send T's and P's out to, out to you. We are praying for you. Your season might be over. We're also praying for Derrick Henry. <laughs> We are praying for Derrick Henry. We want him to recover fast. <laughs> yeah, now, the, the crazy thing is is that he's not out for the season. They're saying six to ten weeks. Tell me there's a chance. Right now the Titans look like they're going to be a playoff team. And the craziest part is Travis Etienne had the exact same injury at the beginning of the season. He was shut down for the whole year. Derrick Henry is just one of those superhuman people who you could see somehow play after six weeks and just – still be Derrick Henry. So who knows, but 
that's what I'm hoping for. That's what the Titans are hoping for. I think everyone in football is hoping for that. He's one of the best players in the NFL, and he's very exciting to watch. I mean, like even what 80% of Derrick Henry is probably better than 75% of NFL backs. Like an 80% Derrick Henry. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he that injury happened in, I believe, definitely the first half. And I turned to you and said, Derrick Henry's cleats are off, doesn't look good. And he went and finished the whole entire game. Yeah, because yeah, then three minutes so later, I said wild. Derrick Henry back on the yeah. field. So it's going to be interesting. Crop, let's go to you. They bring in Adrian Peterson to replace Derrick Henry. How are we feeling about AP? You know, as someone who's a – I called my shot on the Titans a couple weeks ago. You know, I said they're going to be pretty good. They've hit a real stride as of late. Um, this is a huge blow. But Adrian Peterson, he's said to be in shape. He's run for 2,000 yards before in his career, but he is older Luckily, I don't think he's going to have like a I don't he's going to be the workhorse on the ground, but I think they're going to pass a lot more than you would usually expect from a Titans team, which is going to allow McNichols to take a lot of snaps there in the backfield. Hopefully he can be dynamic enough to keep keep this Titans team competitive. They're going to run away with the AFC South. They beat the Colts twice already this year. Um, But when it comes to playoff time, they're really, really going to need that run game to be there. And, and hope- hopefully Derek Henry's back for Exactly. That. Wes, coming over to you, one of our favorites here on the Bench Press Pod. Jimmy Winston goes down with a torn ACL with MCL damage as well. Trevor Simeon has to come in for this one. What do we think about this Saints team with Trevor Simeon as their quarterback? I don't love it, i got to be honest. I don't love it at all. Um, my thought is probably Taysom Hill rather than Simeon because I think Taysom Hill is mm-hmm. back this week. So that could be a difference maker. He played decent last year when he had a – Step in for Breeze. I think they were what two and one when Taysom Hill was a starter. Yeah, much so, different three game and plan. one. Much, three and one. Much different game plan. When yeah. So Taysom like that's Hill's what I'm saying. So like you got more uh, mobility. I think this helps Alvin Kamara a lot more because he's going to get a lot more freedom in the <coughs> backfield, kind of do whatever he wants rather than kind of every time the ball snapped, it's either going to him or it's a pass because James Winston can't move. Let's, so let's be real. It's a it's either going to him on the ground and he's getting two yards, they're throwing to him and he's getting, what, six? Yeah. The Saints' offense pretty one-dimensional. Their defense really stepped up against the Bucks. Krob, yeah. there's been talks that the Saints might bring in a veteran quarterback from the Bears. The Bears have two of them, Nick Foles or Andy Dalton. Which one of those two do you think would make the Saints a better team? You're taking Andy Dalton, and you're taking Andy Dalton for two reasons. One, he's played football this season. Nick Foles hasn't. Mm-hmm. He's been the third string. Two, Andy Dalton's contract much more manageable for this, much more manageable for the Saints team than Nick Foles, and I think they need to pull the trigger. Taysom Hill, like I said, was 3 and 1 last year as a starter. They played the Falcons historically bad defense twice, the Eagles atrocious defense once, and the only time they played a good defense was the game that Kendall Hinton started at QB for the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Taysom can lead this team, especially a team that's 5-2 and two, looking to go to the playoffs. I think Andy Dalton could come in and seriously keep this team afloat to try to make some noise in the NFC blowout card. The best part about Taysom Hill has always been he can come into the game and provide a spark. Whatever yeah. that is, whether it's a fake run deep shot, which he's shown he's able to do, whether he comes in the game and catches a pass, or he comes in and runs the football. Bringing in a quarterback who you can confidently say can run the normal offense and then you can plug Taysom Hill in is what the Saints need to do if they want to stay competitive. Tim, there was a big trade that went down today. The old Denver Broncos send Aaron Donald to the Rams. Miller. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, there you go. sorry. Yeah. Von Miller. I yeah. was thinking about just how dangerous that Rams <laughs> defensive line is going to be. Um, they're going to get after everyone now. Absolutely. I mean, Von Miller has is a future Hall of Famer, one of the best outside linebackers of all time, and an eight-time Pro Bowler. You put him with Aaron Donald, the best player in football, Jalen Ramsey, arguably maybe the second best player in football. That defense is ridiculous. Leonard, and Leonard Floyd, Leonard yeah. Floyd, also a monster. Yeah. They have a four-headed monster. That entire defense, you can't now running the ball was already hard enough. Throwing the ball, you can't even throw to half the field because Jalen Ramsey is there. And now you're gonna have Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller in your face. Yeah, I'm sorry for Trey Lance, man. That division of pass Russell rushers. Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson. All you guys, rest in peace. I mean, you're going to be on your ass a lot more than usual. And Wes, you actually showed me this uh, tweet from the Rams. They just posted a gif of them just sliding yeah. all their chips in. Oh, yeah. They're going all in. They don't need draft picks. I think they know that their window to win a Super Bowl is right now. And, I mean, fantastic move by them to go and get Von Miller. Well, the thing was, I was reading today, and – 
I mean, people make great points. What are the odds you're going to find a Von Miller in the second or third round next year's draft? Like, you're not going to. He's proven. He's got a tight, like you said, he's got a, a short window of more capability to play at an elite level. And that's not going to last very long. And the Rams went out and got it as they could because why not? And they have, what, three picks in the next year's ra- like next year's draft? Oh. Two-fifths and a seventh. The yeah. Rams do this. This is what the Rams do. They trade draft picks. They don't care. But they'd rather players that are they in the NFL. They can build through free agency and yeah. like trades. Like, exactly. The draft does not matter, obviously, because they can go out and win these games with free agency and not have a first-round pick mm-hmm. for four years. I don't years. think the Rams have made a first-round selection since Jared and, Goff. And yeah. The, yeah, they have not. The craziest part is that they somehow are still under the cap. Yeah, their GM has just done an incredible job with staying under the cap, which is almost impossible when you have that many pro bowlers on your roster and a guy like Matthew Stafford on the offense who has a giant contract. That's also want to look at. Um, I didn't read into it enough, but how much of the contract, how much of Von Miller's contract did Denver keep? Because uh, I knew that was a part of it. They're paying nine of his nine point seven million dollars. Yeah, contract. like that's like that'll do her. That's so so that'll genius. Of the and let's just be real. The main reason they're under the cap is because they knew the right time to move on from Todd Gurley. Dumped yeah. that contract. Obviously had well, to that pay that golf they, contract was horrible, and too. And they traded so a golf that. contract for at least a quarterback who would actually play to those standards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, clapping it up for whoever yeah. the Rams GM hey, is. We go Sean Minky. He's happy. Yeah, go Sean Minky. He's very happy. Trade deadline is tomorrow. Krob, <clears throat> give me one name of a guy you'd like to see move. God, for the love of Christ, get Allen Robinson out of Chicago. <laughs> Holy crap. I mean... He is a top 20 receiver bona fide in this league, and he's sitting there running routes for no reason because Justin Fields ain't throwing him the ball. If you're the Saints, would you give up a second rounder for a package deal of Robinson and Dalton? In a heartbeat. In a, in heartbeat. a heartbeat. Wes, what about you? Think you think that's all it takes, a second rounder? Yeah. Wow. All it takes. Both those guys have one are on one-year deals. That's yeah, and it's not like the Bears use either of them. No, they don't. Wes, is there a name that you'd like to see moved before tomorrow's deadline? As bad as it hurts me, uh, I'd like to see Devontae Parker get moved to play somewhere where he can be more involved because Dolphins' offense ain't getting it done, and not getting the football. Oh my goodness, that was awesome! That was awesome. What an admittance! Clap it up, Wes. Yes, way to admit your faults. Yes, ain't my faults. I ain't the GM. (laughs) Wish I could be. Tim, anyone you'd like to see moved? Uh, I'd like to see a quarterback move either Drew Locke or Deshaun Watson. Uh, there's been two. There's a lot of smoke with Deshaun Watson going to Carolina, Miami, the football team, Denver. You really don't know where it's going to go. He ain't going nowhere. I, he probably isn't going anywhere. I think, but I think Drew Locke is a pretty good bet to get traded. The Saints could, if they really are like Winston, you know what? If we tried him out and he's not good for us, they might want to get a younger guy in there and just try him out, which isn't a terrible <coughs> idea. Speaking that they're looking like they're not going to be in a position to draft someone Mm-mm. who's going to be an immediate replacement. Not so, even like that quarterback class is good. No. So Awful. how long is Winston's, Winston's contract? He's a one-year. He's yeah. A one-year so proof. so you, might as well. Yeah, you might as well go out and send it for a younger guy who you know can play football at a yeah. decently high level who just hasn't had the greatest offensive pieces around him. I'd like to see Drew Locke move. I think he's better than he gets credit for. I think he's probably better than Teddy Bridgewater has been this year because he's been so meh. I think mm-hmm. Drew Locke's ceiling is pretty high, and you might as well bet a fourth-round pick on him. The yeah. one thing I'd say about the Saints acquiring a quarterback, Jameis Winston and Drew Brees play so differently. Winston's the type of guy who is slinging it down the field. He's going to make some big plays. He's going to make some mistakes, but that's never what Drew Brees was. I think if you bring in a veteran like Andy Dalton, he plays much more to the style of what the Saints want. One guy who I want to see move before the deadline, relatively small name, is Hayden Hurst. There are a lot of tight end needy teams out there. I would love to see him on the Bengals specifically, but there are a ton of teams that Packers. I could think of. Yeah, the Packers now without Tunyon. Hurst is a guy who the Panthers or the Falcons have put him on the trade block. And let's be real, he doesn't really have too much value right now playing behind Kyle Pitts. Obviously, that could change with Calvin Ridley. Kind of retiring. I don't know. Nah, we haven't really I mean, just ta- stepping away from stepping football. away from football. Yeah. Doesn't seem like he's going to be back anytime soon, though. Not the way you phrase that. No, I would love <laughs> to see Hurst move. Eric Ebron, another name to look out. Yeah, did not have a catch last game. Barely was on the didn't field. Play. Yeah, didn't even play. He's not going to be used going forward. It's going to be Fryermuth and Gentry. So I'd like to see him get moved. I think he's definitely a good enough pass catcher to still have a spot in the league, but he's got to go somewhere. That doesn't rely on him to run the ball. Use him more mm-hmm. in a pass-catching Kyle Pitts type way. Yeah, and I don't really know where that is. Maybe somewhere like 
San Francisco, get them a second tight end there. What about like, mm, I guess I, don't, I was going to say Buffalo, but they don't need any more targets. No. I'd rather have Ross Dwelly than Eric yeah. Ebron. So, Another name to watch getting moved is Deshaun Jackson. The Rams and Deshaun Jackson both mutually agreed to seek a deal. I'm assuming that if a deal can't get done, the Rams will simply just cut Jackson and he will probably go to a contender, which is definitely something to look for. Maybe back to the Bucks. Yeah. Lots Good. of defensive names on the trade block. I know A.J. Boye from the Panthers, potentially. Kareem Jackson from the Broncos, potentially. Dolphins are Lots feeling offers for Xavier Howard. I don't think anything gets done because I think his price going to be too much, but I think he, I mean, they're at least fielding offers, which gives you an idea. It's so dumb that they're just now fielding offers because they literally paid him a, what, $6 million con- He's on a $6 million uh, deal. Or a six-year. Four, yeah, four-year extension of two more years uh-huh. after this. So. Which made him the highest-paid corner in the NFL, correct? Uh, or at least top three. Paid. He's top three. He The whole thing he won to do was get in front of Byron Jones because he said I'm the best state, I'm the best corner on my team. I want to be paid like it. He's and uh, Byron's like I think Byron was fourth and Xavier was fifth. So I think he moved up to like two or three. Yeah, Ramsey is first. Ram- yeah, Ramsey's easily first. Mm-hmm. But, so but yeah, I mean that I agree with you though. They should have been fielding offers a long time ago. He's the best player. They gave him the four year extension. He's the best player on our team. I I think he's worth every dollar you pay for him. I don't know how much your team's gonna value a number one corner. You'd at right least now, get though. a first rounder if you at least them. yeah at I least. would assume Let's get going. Before we get into recaps again, let's get to overreactions. We're going to start with Krav on this one. You want my overreaction, my I would friend? love to hear it. I am going to talk about something that's going to hurt your feelings. It's I love those it. New York J-E-T-S, Jets, <laughs> Jets, Jets. Touchy subject. Who are now third in the AFC East. <laughs> I think Mike White deserves a look. Hey, I mean, Mike White came in and did. I think he deserves a look. Zach Wilson, you draft him number two. He stunk. He's horrible. Mike White came into the game last week against the Patriots down 700 points. Um, he threw for 200 yards. He threw for two picks. Not what you want to see. And then he comes in at home wearing the black unis against the Bengals, the best team in the AFC, and he throws for 405 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, but 37 for 45. Yeah, he played really Incredibly well. Incredibly accurate. And two of those were picks, one of which, not even his fault, I would say. Other one very much his fault. Off the helmet of Michael Carter. Other one very much his fault. But I wouldn't say it's that far out of the realm possibility to say he deserves a legitimate look. If he can continue to play not necessarily to 400 yards per game over the next couple weeks when Zach Wilson's out, but if he can keep you in games against good teams like the Cincinnati Bengals, why the hell would you not keep rolling with them? All-time tweet from Mike White as well. It was from 2013, and credit to Barstool for finding this. From Mike White, he says, I hate losing to privileged white boys. So, I mean, Zach Wilson, watch out. Watch out, Zach Wilson. He also tweeted that he's going to break all Peyton Manning's records. Hey, you never know. This could just be the start of Mike White and the Bengals just have to get in the way. (laughs) Yeah. Mike White's played six quarters of football. He's thrown four picks. He could come. Oh, no, that interception record's been broken, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, never mind. Wes, let's go over to you. Overreaction, give it to me. My overreaction is that Herbert is nowhere near an MVP. Justin Herbert. Yes. Very good quarterback, but nowhere near an MVP. No, he's and, not. He's played horrendous his yeah. past two games. Yeah. I think he was, I think it was an overreaction for everyone to have him as MVP, MVP conversations in the first like four or five weeks. He played good, but he played bad teams, and or bad defenses, I should say. And now everyone's seeing when he goes against Bill Belichick, who just outmanned everything that Brandon Staley tried to run. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think he's... Uh, as great as people thought he was. He was missing wide open targets. Keenan Allen, especially. I think Allen had six catches off 11 targets. You can't miss yeah. five targets to Keenan Allen. Mike Williams was quiet in this one. And and everyone always talked about the draft class, how great it was for quarterbacks, like with Burrow, Herbert, and Hertz was in it too, I think. I mean, yeah, no one mentions Tua. Tua, yeah, yeah. you're not going to say Tua, but um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, a good, that was a good quarterback class, and I think he got a little overrated because of a couple early successes. We'll see about Herbert. I would argue Herbert, Justin Herbert, is not even the best Herbert in Khalil? the NFL. Khalil Herbert's wow. been balling. He right. has been balling. Tim, let's go over to you. Uh, I think it's time the Patriots kind of make a decision on what they're going to do with Josh McDaniels. Are you going to keep him as your head coach or get, get rid of him? a job somewhere else, dude. I think that I honestly think it's time for the Patriots to move on from Josh McDaniels. Mac Jones, in the games where they actually let him throw down the field, they have been mo- way more successful he looks a lot better when the playbook is more open. This game, eighteen to thirty-five for two hundred thirty yards. Like, that's not. It's great. also just what he's used to. Like, that's what he did at Alabama. He just threw the ball deep. Exactly. Like, he's used to stretching the field, and they're not letting him 
him do what I think he's best at. And I think Josh McDaniel is a great coach. I just think it's just time for that relationship to be moved on. I don't, him and Belichick have had so many reported issues in the past. It's probably just a good time for him to move on. He's ready to be a head coach again. Yeah, we talked Uh, about that earlier in the year, too. Yeah, he's ready to be a head coach again. And I think that maybe somewhere with a quarterback that more suits to what he wants to do is probably better. Go out to someone's going to get fired this year. Matt Nagy, you want to go work with Justin Fields? Go work with Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Mac, Jones, yeah, too. Mac Jones just isn't the guy to run that offense, and that's okay, but yeah. they just need to make that decision now. Let's get your overreaction. Was that it right there? It was. Get McDaniels out? Yes. All right. Tim Sam, fire honestly, McDaniels. I'm with you, though. Like, we talked about that earlier. You know, like I said, like he could be a head coach somewhere, and he always stays because he wants to be the successor, it feels like, to I mean, Bill Belichick. He turned the plane around one time. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be the Colts head coach. Turn that plane yeah. around. Yeah crazy he turned around i'm ready for mine you guys ready for Bennett, mine? what's your overreaction <clears throat> guys this is going to be sam darnold's only year as the carolina panthers quarterback free agent he's looked um, horrendous cut him i don't want to say that's not an overreaction pj walker starting this week, well right? i had two and i was just gonna say that one real quick oh okay okay sorry, sorry to jump in front of you and i don't want to say if, if this was a birthday present for tim but the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to make the playoffs this year. Oh, oh that's 24-hour live stream. Yeah, I can't Get wait to sit going. and watch some Super Bowls Pitt- with him. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to the playoffs. I've seen all I need to see. The defense is back. T.J. Watt, unbelievable. The emergence of Pat Fryermuth in that offense. I was a bit skeptical Moose. on him. But uh, what do they call him? Baby Gronk there? He's been playing well. He's, gonna, he's, a future, he's Heath Miller reborn. And honestly, Najee Harris looks the part. He's a stud. He is. He's a stud, and you can feed him. How he seems to be like you just give him the ball and he makes something happen. Love me some Najee Harris. Fryermuth, so reliable. He gets targets. He gets catches. Made an incredible touchdown grab that ended up being the game-winning touchdown against uh, uh, the Browns. And Ben didn't look terrible. He was, <laughs> I was just gonna say he, was, we can't, he didn't look great. That's all. You, all right. That's yeah. all you need for exactly. Ben, ben played uh, good enough. Yes, if <laughs> Ben is good enough. This defense is good enough to win. Is great enough to win enough games to make the playoffs. Can I ask you a question? Of course. How much does it hurt you to watch the Steelers team and just think, like, if you had, like, an actual quarterback, like you Corral. guys could be, like, a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Oh, it hurts me to see Ben, like, what he does to Deontay Johnson when he's wide open in the end zone and just be like, no. Tim, like, honest question. It, when Matt Corral gets drafted by the Steelers, are they immediate contenders? Because they finally have a QB. Matt Corral's not going to the Like, Dallas. imagine if the Steelers traded for Deshaun Watson, and then oh, he took the right. helm of this offense. <laughs> they might be 7-0. Yeah. Well, they I were 11-0 last that, year. There are not... Shut, shut the hell up. <laughs> there are not... There's probably three teams with better receiving cores than the Steelers. I'd probably say the Bengals, the Bucks, and the Rams. That's probably it. Yeah. The Cowboys are much yeah, better. Yeah, and Cowboys. Thank so you. they're top five. They have a great running back. Their O line in the last couple of weeks has looked pretty solid. So other than, yeah, it's actually other looks, than Miles Garrett, like they held the rest of that. Uh, no one's stopping Miles exactly. Garrett. Exactly. He's, so. he's about to break the sack record. So yeah, yeah, like on pace for like a sack a game is crazy. Go Steelers! We got to get moving a little bit into our recaps. Wes, I'm going to come to you for this one. The Packers get the win on Thursday night football on the road against the Cardinals, 24-21. Raj without his top three receiving options. Uh, maybe not top three. Cobb still played in this one. He yeah, found... I would argue Cobb's more of a receiving mm-hmm. threat MBS. for Raj than MVS. Yeah, so regardless, Cobb finds the end zone twice in this one. And the emergence of A.J. Dillon. I don't want to say I called this perfectly, but I said that the Packers running game was going to get going in this one, and it sure did. Yeah, I mean, I made this statement. I don't know if it was never on air, obviously, but I made this statement in the offseason. I said, Paying Aaron Jones that much money was a mistake because A.J. Dillon's that good of a back. Uh, like, he could fill the role. And I don't, I, sorry, keep going. I thought you were done. No, you're good. Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. I was going to say, like, I don't think Aaron Jones is, like, he changes the offense at, like, that much compared to what A.J. Dillon does. They both run the ball hard. A.J. Dillon's a power back. And when you have receivers like they have when they're healthy, like Devontae Adams and MBS and Alan Lazard and Cobb and all those guys, like, they can stretch the field. They don't need a fast, like, sprint running back to move the ball around. They got A.J. Dillon to push, push the pile. Uh, paying Aaron Jones was a fantastic decision by the Packers for two reasons. One, in this game, with basically no receiving threats, he was able to dominate the receiving targets and is, I want to say, the key component as to why the Packers won this football game. I would agree. Second, you keep Aaron Rodgers happy. 
because yeah. I know he loves Aaron Jones, and I can guarantee you, as pissed off as he was this offseason, it would have been 15 times worse if Aaron Jones got paid money by the Miami Dolphins and went to Miami. And, and let's be real. I would love that. When you keep watching, <clears throat> when you keep watching NFL football now, the best teams in the NFL normally, obviously put aside the Titans and probably the Panthers, but the best and most efficient running games have two running backs who can go in there and just go off. And the team to look at for that is the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. And I think the Packers are emerging in it now. And even the Dallas Cowboys are doing it more now. They were afraid to give Tony, the, Tony Pollard the football early in his career. But now you just can't not give the guy the football because he's that good. Well, that's conservative play calling by Jason Garrett, my friend. Yeah. And then last year, Mike McCarthy steps in, gives Kellen Moore more of a opportunity to just expand what he wants to call. And Tony Pollard has proven that... Uh, it was a great opportunity, and he has flourished in that role. So like we said, 2-2 split on that one. Wes and I go Packers. We're happy on that. Let's get moving into Sunday. Like I said, I am down horrendously right now <laughs> thanks to this slate. Hypothetically. Yes, hypothetically. completely. Hypo- or hypothetically, money-wise, not hypothetically, mental-wise. Uh, my mentals are down. I'm sad. The Bengals lose on the road at the New York Jets. Crab, you mentioned it already. There, thank you, Tim. Couldn't reach over there, but that really hurt. It's deserved. Deserved as as much as it could possibly be deserved. Crab, you mentioned it. Mike White in this one looked great. I also said it yesterday as well, talking off air. The Bengals have three losses. The Packers on their field goal away, and that's arguably a top two or three team in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. And then two games after huge wins against the Ravens and the Vikings to kick the season off. They then have a game against a lesser opponent in the Bears and the Jets. Huge letdown spot, and the Bengals have had a letdown both times. I expect them next week against the Browns to turn it back on, be the Bengals we've seen five out of these, six out of these eight weeks so far, and prove that they're a good team and they're an actual competitor in this AFC but until the Bengals can prove that they won't let down in a letdown spot, I don't think they're a true contender in the NFL. You know, I just can't figure out this team. Their first potential letdown game was against the Lions, and they came out and absolutely whooped them. Whooped the Lions silly, and then they go against a Jets team, the worst offense in the NFL, and the Jets just slaughtered them. Absolutely slaughtered them. So it looks like they play up to their competition and they play down to their competition. Mm-hmm. I just want this team to stay cons- consistent and they'll be fine. Even sitting at five and three, they're fine. If they win next week and they're six and three, if you would have told me the Bengals would be six and three heading <laughs> into the bye in the preseason, I would have been the happiest man in the world. So if that just includes a loss to the Jets and Bears, I guess I'll be fine. And you it. also basically, I don't want to call it early, but deliver the death blow to the Cleveland Browns yeah. next weekend. You mm-hmm. have that opportunity. Would be nice. Which, yeah, that has to make you so happy. Would be nice. Tim, I'm going to come over to you. Let's not spend too much time on this one because it was a really, really boring game. The Panthers win 19-13, to but the game-stealing interception goes to Stephon Gilmore. How important do you think that trade was for the Panthers? I think it's going to be pretty important down the stretch, but at this point with your quarterback play being so dog shit, like – yeah. How much does a great corner do if you can't if you're scoring 19 points? I don't think the Panthers. I think they're probably obviously the sixth round pick for or a, probably a future Hall of Famer. That's you. You can't beat that deal. But I just don't see how much it's going to really do for them down the stretch because I don't think they're going to be playing in any important games down the stretch. So how much does it really matter? Maybe get you a couple extra wins, but at that point, being eight and nine isn't going to get you anywhere. Eight and nine just means you're mediocre. Mediocrity is a good way to get fired in the NFL. So, Tim, are you still <laughs> under the impression that Panthers are pretenders, not contenders? Correct. Krob, what about you? Pretenders or contenders? I think the Panthers are pretenders, but I do think if Chris, McCom- if Chris McCaffrey can come back next week, the Panthers still have a route to the playoffs dependent on what happens with this Saints team. They're 4-4 four and four right now. They get the football team later in the year. They get the Dolphins later in the year. They get the Falcons again. And they get another game against the Saints, which is going to be late in the season. And like I said, depending on how that goes with the Saints, the Panthers could be in a position where they're roughly 9-8 and eight and have a chance to sneak in as that last team in the NFC. Wes, pretenders or contenders real quick? Yeah, I've been on the Panthers for a while. I'm going to go contenders. I think their, their defense can play well, and once they get CMC back, the offense can look normal again. I'll go contenders. They are full-blown pretenders. Wes, coming over to you. 
it wasn't as bad for the Dolphins this week. They Good only game. only lost it. by 15. Only lost by 15. Almost a backdoor cover because they really just went for two for no reason at all in this one to make yep. it a six-point game instead of a seven-point game. But, yep. you know, props to them for making it a six-point game at Somebody one point. Somebody wants to say that um, uh, Flores had Bills minus 14. Maybe. He, he, he might have. Might have. Wes, just real quick, anything you want to say about the Dolphins season? You know, I'm really happy with this defense. Um, the way they played this week, at least played well. They were able to stop Josh Allen. Like, for the most part, they stopped Josh Allen from everything he wanted to do. Uh, the D-line finally got to him a little bit. The secondary played really well. Xavier Howard locked up Stephon Diggs for 95% of the game. In the two plays he wasn't on, he caught a big catch, and then he caught a touchdown. So... For the most part, the secondary can do what they can do. We knew that going into the year. They had some bad weeks, but the Dolphins, look, the defense looks good, and the offense still can't figure it out. So that's what you think. T's and P's to all Dolphins fans out yeah, there. Yeah, we're hurting, man. T's and P's. Krob, coming over to you. You're the only one who picked the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel are on a roll. The 49ers win this one 33-22. I'm going to take some responsibility, accountability. I was wrong. I thought this was going to be the game where Justin Fields finally, and this Bears offense as a whole, that run, run or passes for 200 yards. Didn't get done. 175 yards passing in this one. I would still argue that Justin Fields played that the best rush for a game touchdown. by far of his career yeah, he, so far uh-huh. and showed, like, hey, that's my potential when that idiot Matt Nagy isn't on the field. So, back to what I was saying. The 49ers offense looks like it can be carried by Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel right now. Do you think this 49ers team has a shot to make a playoff run? Yeah, the NFC stinks. Like, let's be real. Let's name the teams. You got the Rams right now is in a wild card. Very top heavy. The Rams right now is in a wild card spot, and then where's six and seven? I think currently it would be the Saints at five and two and the Panthers at four and four because nobody in the NFC East is good. Nobody in the NFC NFC West is good. Because the 49ers are three and four, uh, NFC North Vikings are in third at three and four. Seahawks are dead till Russ gets back. Yeah, so I think like it's a genuine like scenario where the 49ers, the Panthers could be one of these last teams in the NFC. And if the 49ers can play games like they did, where Elijah Mitchell can run on less than 20 carries for almost 140 yards, and Debo Samuel can get in the 100 yard receiving, I mean, let's think. George Kittle's not he's not healthy right now, right? He's still out. Still, he should be coming back. Brandon Ayuk, for some reason, still is lost in space. Yeah, he's gone. This 49ers team has playmakers on this offense, and they, they're they supposed to be good. And if they play games like this, they can be good. Tim, I would be remiss if I didn't come to you for this one. We've already talked about it a little bit. Pat Fryermuth, game-winning touchdown catch. The Steelers win this one 15-10 with no kicker, really. Really questionable call there to get Chris Boswell yeah, destroyed. I don't know what Tomlin was thinking there, but I'm not going to question it. He's a great coach. Uh, I just can't believe that Baker Mayfield went out and played against that Steelers defense, got sacked four times with that shoulder. He didn't look great at all. The Steelers did something that really no one's done, which is keep Nick Chubb under four yards of carry. Very, very pleased with how this game ended. Obviously, you want to see more points, but when you lose a kicker and you have to go for two and you really can't kick field goals for the entire game, it becomes tough. I really do think that uh, the Steelers have a chance to make the playoffs. They're good. I think they're going to beat the Browns again. They have a chance against the Bengals on Thanksgiving weekend. The Ravens, the Bengals proved are beatable. If you can somehow figure out Lamar, we'll see in division. The one thing that I think is the most important is that Big Ben played decent enough. And if you can play decent enough, he's going to be all right. We'll see, though. We will see. Let's get going into the Eagles versus the Lions. I'm going to talk about this one real quick. Max, I guess Jalen Hurts won a game and didn't have to do too much. I don't really think it was. He played terrible. Yeah, I don't really think it was because of him. But the Eagles win this one 44-6. And, I mean, some people in this room took the Lions. So, mm-hmm. um Yucky, yucky, maybe yucky. not too fooled. maybe not too good of a look for you guys but you know the Eagles defense look good and I can't figure out what they're doing with that running back room when Miles Sanders plays it looks like they want to give Kenneth Gainwell the football so when Miles Sanders gets hurt a lot of people are going to assume that Kenneth Gainwell takes over well Boston Scott and Jordan Howard find the end zone in this one Nick Sirianni is an idiot let's move on Krob you picked the Titans props to you it wasn't looking good 
but then they came back and won. Derrick Henry showed some grit. Not even a big game from him. It was really the A.J. Brown show in this one. Man, am I loving to see this Tannehill-A.J. Brown thing get going. I mean, I said it. I'm a believer in the Titans. The Derrick Henry thing hurts big time. But, I mean, the Colts had him, even before he got hurt, figured out in this game. They're the first team really to do so this year. What they couldn't figure out was the passing game. Tannehill was very good all across. Even early in the first half, he was spreading it around. Jeff Swain was getting involved. And then A.J. Brown just said, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to torch you every play. I'm going to come in with the stat. There's only two games this season that Ryan Tannehill has thrown multiple touchdown passes, and he's thrown three in both games, and both have been against the Colts. So I think when we <coughs> mention this Colts defense and how good it is, it's a lot like the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins, very good against the pass, have been very terrible against the run. This Colts defense has proven that they are good against the run, even though, you know, Elijah Mitchell kind of got going last weekend against them. But they are horrendous against the pass. And honestly, I'm not sure if Tannehill is going to be able to keep this thing going for the Titans without Tank Henry, but we're going to see. Wes, I'm going to come over to you. You mentioned it already. Sean Minkey, huge fan of this Rams team. I really hated their fourth quarter, though. Really, the Rams were up what thirty-eight to nothing going into the fourth quarter and yep. lose the fourth quarter twenty-two to nothing. Yeah, uh, ten a.m. start time in L.A. Um, so that I mean, come out flying for an early game for what the Rams feel like. But I mean, geez, Cooper Cup is insane. Vanillatron. Yeah, he's the first player in Super Bowl, <laughs> in Super Bowl era with nine hundred plus receiving yards and ten plus receiving touchdowns through his first eight games. He's putting up unbelievable numbers. Matt Stafford looks unbelievable in that McVay offense. And now with the trade for Von Miller, like I don't know if that defense is going to be getting torched at all. Uh, forget the fourth quarter. Like that, You're going to be lucky to get 300 yards moving on that, on that defense. So the Rams look legit, and yeah, I'm sold on the Rams. Cooper Cup already has more fantasy points at than last year. the end of week Saw eight. That. Not to ruin my stat. Thanks, Wes. Go ahead. Krob, over to you. I have a stat. This Dick. is now the fourth straight season Robert Woods has registered a rushing touchdown. Good for good for Bobby good Trees. I love Bobby Trees. It's a shame that Cooper Cup puts up the easiest 100 yards and touchdown every week, and Bobby Woods just gets overshadowed. But, I mean, he's still having a quietly decent season, and the Rams are just terrifying. Dude is money. Rams are money. Tim, you've talked about this Patriots team a little bit already. They got the win this weekend, though, so I don't know if I can complain about them too much. I actually love all the trick plays that they run. Poor Jacoby Myers still can't find the end zone, but they win in this one. Yeah, I mean, they got it done against a team that a lot of people were saying could potentially be the best team in the AFC. After that, that Ravens loss seems to have done something to this team. They're sliding and sliding fast. They have to find some sort of traction but to look on the bright side, they have a kicker now. So yeah, yeah, that's always big. They do, they do. They got a kicker, and that's always very important. the The Patriots, Damian Harris, he's gonna t- he's gonna run the ball. It's gonna be for four yards a pop, and he's just gonna slowly, methodically dry, run the ball down your throat. So we're gonna see how long this Patriots team can keep up with other teams. Luckily, they play in a pretty easy easy division. They have the Dolphins and Jets in there, so that's a couple wins there. But obviously, playing the Bills is not fun. Not at all. I'm going to talk about the Seahawks versus the Jaguars real quick. I was off in this one, and you know what? Geno Smith played very efficient, only four incompletions. This one, the Seahawks win 31-7. to And if this wasn't the most Tyler Lockett game of all time, after just like four or five terrible weeks in a row, comes out and goes 12 catches for 142 yards, that is the most Tyler Lockett thing of all time. Happy for him. Let's real quick, real quick. Von Miller just announced he's going to wear number 40 for the Rams, not 58. Interesting. Interesting. Change numbers. Okay. Let's get going to Broncos football team. Wow, what a segue. Yeah. What a segue. segue right there. Um, Talk about a gross football game. Broncos versus the football team. The football team is really bad, really, really bad. And honestly, the Broncos are not much better. This was the Shitter Bowl. And I guess the Broncos won the Shitter Bowl 17 to 10. Um, and does anyone even want to talk about this game at all? It was always JD McKissick. It was always yeah. J.D. McKissick. Yeah, I guess. Every week. Let's talk about that football team backfield a little bit. Antonio Gibson didn't even lead the team in carries. I think they were just giving him rest. They have a bye week next week. They know it's they stink. Shin. Yeah, they don't want to shut him down. But, I mean, I don't think they'll shut him down. I just think they want to give him extra rest. J.D. McKissick obviously was 
I mean, he should get this amount of receiving work every week. Outside of Terry McLaurin, who the hell are they throwing the football to? Very true. Wes, we've talked about Jimmy Winston, the Saints already. Trevor Simeon had to come in in this one, and it's looking like the Saints in the regular season is Tom Brady's kryptonite. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is, but for some reason he can't beat New Orleans in the regular season, like you said. Um, Tom Brady surpassed Drew Brees for the most games with four-plus passing touchdowns since 1950. Now it's 37, so he gets to do it against the Saints. That's pretty cool. But other than that, like you said, just a weird game for the Buccaneers. They never really looked good. And the Saints kind of put him away late, made it look a lot better than it was. But good game. A late pick six from Brady. I would still argue Tom Brady is my MVP favorite going forward. Yeah, it's not even like the Saints really had Tom I'd Brady. I'd say Matt Stafford, just simply because, I don't know. It's not even unbelievable. It's not even like the Saints really figured out Tom Brady yesterday. 28 for 40, 375 yards, four touchdowns. Chris yeah. Godwin had 140. It's just they can't get the running game going ever against the Saints. And the Saints offense seems to have this Buccaneers defense figured out. That's very true. Crub, when I saw Dak Prescott was announced as inactive, I was sitting here thinking, man, am I happy I changed my pick to the Minnesota Vikings. Man, Cooper Rush proved me wrong. Yeah, Ginger Ninja. The Ginger Ninja. Get out of his I, way. <laughs> I like it, man. 325 yards passing and two touchdowns. I mean, he proved he could sling the football around a little bit. Uh, this Cowboys offense is designed that if you can throw a football over 15 yards, you should realistically throw for that much. We have a dynamic offense. You have you mentioned it earlier. Great run games have two dynamic running backs who can get on the field and make plays. We have that. I mean, he's playing with one of the best receiving cords in football. Cedric Wilson is playing incredibly well on Michael Gallup's absence. Like, so good. Threw a 40-yard dart last night. Dart. Yeah. I mean, like, the tight ends weren't even realistically that much involved last night. I think Dalton Schultz had two catches. I'm not even sure Jarwin had a catch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a tough game for me because Diggs didn't have a pick. But, I mean, Vikings fans can shut the hell up. All I, mean, I saw Justin this Jefferson, week, two catches for 21 yeah. yards. Diggs Island. Yeah. Good job for Diggs. I mean, we saw Thielen beat him a couple times, but I mean, honestly. Adam Thielen will beat anybody in the NFL. Yeah, Thielen is just a. He's a beautiful route runner. This is a great game for the Cowboys. I was honestly really not feeling great uh, with Cooper Rush going in. I think he could keep us in it because I don't think the Vikings are good at all. But to play on the road on Sunday night football in Minnesota with your backup quarterback at like an hour notice, essentially, Mm -hmm. because Dak was going through pregame warmups. It's a good win to put us at 6-1. I have a feeling that Cooper Rush knew he was going to start way more than an hour before that. They just wanted to keep it out of the media because they interviewed Rush after and his whole family was there and they were talking his about His whole how, family is at every game. No, but they had they had extra people there. I know, he, I'm he just saying. About he, his it. brothers just, flew in. Yeah, his brothers flew in in the morning. So I bet he found out around the morning of. Yeah, but my, my big takeaway from this game is the Cowboys defense looks a lot better than people want to give it credit for. Like outside, no. I think they're giving. I think they're giving the Cowboys defense plenty of credit. Okay, no, outside, outside of Diggs, Diggs credit. Outside of Diggs, they don't give that anybody whole defense credit. doesn't really get a Diggs lot of and credit. Parsons, mm-hmm. and the, they stopped Dalvin Cook for a good chunk of that game. He had a couple big runs, but outside of that, they stopped Dalvin Cook, and he's what a, one of the best what three running backs in the league. I would to say, everybody. I would say it's not just the Cowboys stopping Dalvin Cook. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about this Minnesota Vikings run game because I'm getting worried about the offensive line. Dalvin Cook has not been able to get going at all this year, and even Madison has came in and done better. I get Madison had two great matchups. He played yeah. against the Lions and the Seahawks when Dalvin Cook was out, so Dalvin Cook probably would have had big games in that one. But yeah, I'm worried about Cook. Congrats I'm, to the Cowboys for moving to six and one. Clap it up for Krob there. Six and one. Thank you. It feels great to uh, be the third best team in the NFC right now. Happy for you. Regardless, that's it for NFL recap. That's it for college football recap. That's it for this episode. Like I said, hypothetically and non-hypothetically, I'm down horrendously right now. Let's hope next week is going to be better. Starting off. Dolphins-Texans might be a good game. Dolphins might get a win. Maybe. Krob's boots are going to be on the ground in Cincinnati. We'll get into that one. As always, be staying tuned for our episodes of Round the Rink (laughs) and Bleeding Blue. Sorry, grammatically, that was just weird. Staying tuned. I hope everyone had a good... Staying tuned. You got to staying tuned. You got to be staying tuned. (laughs) Got to be staying tuned. Once again, Tim Conway birthday episode. Happy birthday. One more time. Thank you, John Conway. Happy birthday. That's it. I hope everyone had a good Halloween weekend. Yes. Yep. All right. All round. Idiots. Halloween weekend. Clap it up. This is it. Bench Press Podcast. Love you guys. Peace. Stay safe.